Welcome to the From the Stem Up podcast. My name is Adriana, and here we spark youth connections in STEM fields. Welcome, guys, and thanks for tuning in to our 17th podcast episode for From the Stem Up. I'm so excited to talk about new perspectives on this next episode. Hey, Kimberly, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, actually. The weather is still pretty nice. It's still August, you know, summertime. Do you want to introduce yeah. yourself a little bit? Yeah, of course. My name is Kimberly Castaneda. I'm 16, but will turn 17 September 27th. I currently am in Lawrence, Massachusetts, but I was born in Jalapa, Guatemala, which is in Central America. Um, some of my hobbies recently would be dancing. I have, I have been obsessed with dancing lately, and I hope to um, be more involved in the future as the year um, goes on. And my favorite subjects, I would say, would be chemistry. And I haven't taken biology yet, but since I'm going into my senior, or sorry, my junior year, I'm going to be taking biology, which I look forward to. Um, and a fun fact about me is that I speak Spanish and English, and I'm currently learning French. Amazing. I'm, I'm actually, um, I speak French, and I'm and I actually want to learn Spanish. So you know what? I think we can oh, help so each other cool. out on those languages. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, so more on the STEM side of things, what does STEM mean to you? STEM to me means empowerment, um, especially as a woman and especially as a Latina. Often there is so much uh, false stigmatization surrounding our capabilities. Um, a lot of the times, men, uh, particularly white men, often rule uh, the fields that are involved in STEM, and they think that women aren't capable of achieving the same amount of work or more amount of work. And I believe that having that knowledge about the world around you is really important, especially when you're in the workforce, because not only are you proving to yourself that you are capable of doing as much or more work as men, uh, but you're also in the long run showing to other women around the world that it is possible as long as you put enough work into what you love. Exactly. And I think that since STEM is such an interdisciplinary, I think we need different perspectives. And if we only have one race and one gender dominating the field, I don't think STEM will go anywhere because we don't have those different demographics. We don't have different genders, different backgrounds to bring in different ideas um, to make the products and ideas that we generate a lot more inclusive and a lot more diversified. So I'm really excited to talk a little bit more about um, your Hispanic and Latina background. So as a Latina student, would you like to talk about a little bit about your background and your immigration story. Yeah, of course. Um, so, as I mentioned, I was born in Jalapa, Guatemala. Um, I was born over there and I was raised until I was about three years old. Um, my father actually moved to the United States first uh, because in Central America, usually uh, economics is not the best and people a lot of the times are poor um, 
in their home country. So my dad decided to move to seek a, a new job. And after a year that he left, my mother decided to move with me. So by the time I got here, I was around five years old. Uh, the trip from Central America to um, North America has been really rough, um, especially on her. I don't remember it as much, but it's a long journey and people kind of, you know, make uh, stereotypes of what it is like the struggle that Latinos go through on the journey and even when coming to America. So I think it's important to kind of not just like stigmatize the story in general, but each person has their own individual experiences. Um, for me, when I moved to the United States, I was about five years old and it was, as you can imagine, a cultural shock uh, because when you're in a like when you're in a classroom you don't see students who particularly look like you uh they still like they don't have the same culture that you do and it can be difficult but for students who are like five or six obviously you grow up to know the culture in america uh for adults it can be really difficult because once they move their main priority essentially is to work, to maintain a household. Um, so they don't really get that experience learning the culture and the language, which a lot of the times leave them at a disadvantage compared to children who just moved to the United States. Mm -hmm. And I like how you said that everyone has their own individual story. I think people like to categorize or stereotype a lot of the journeys we have or every latina individual or latino uh individual or i think they call it latinx um yes. depending on like what you identify as but mm -hmm. they put it all in one group and like every individual story is different um mm -hmm. so i like how you mentioned that and it goes the same for other minority groups and i just wanted to ask you what is one of like some of the biggest difficulties that you or your family have encountered um, either coming to America or living here? I guess I'll split it up into two. Um, for me, one of the difficulties was, again, dealing with people who don't necessarily understand your culture and don't necessarily respect it, either because they haven't been educated on it or they have, they just you know, blatantly um, try to ignore it and make fun of you for it. And the way that I have overcome that, because I was bullied when I was in the eighth grade because I'm Guatemalan. And often, again, there's stereotypes that go with being Latina. And so I guess my advice for anyone who might be going through that is to kind of just try to educate your peers but if that doesn't work, just try to own up to who you are because at the end of the day, that's what's most important. Uh, for my family, I think the biggest struggle that they had was again, trying to integrate into this completely new culture uh, with people who they don't necessarily know and who practically are like strangers and don't speak the same language. So trying to be accustomed to the culture while still trying to get a fairly good job while not knowing the language can be a lot. And so I think that 
has to be one of the biggest struggles that they've encountered while raising children as well. Yeah, I I just really want to like congratulate all the immigrants that come to a new country and start a new life because it's very very difficult. Even me, I'm glad that I was born in Canada, but my parents had to come here and they had to learn English and um, it goes the same for a lot of people in Canada and in the U.S. because there's many opportunities here, but you have to pass many tests. You have to um, try to find a job. Like, I can't imagine exactly. myself um, going to a Spanish country and, you know, learning Spanish in maybe two months and then trying to find a job in Spanish. For me, that sounds super hard and raising kids. I think it's it's something that people under like overlook and um Mm -hmm. yes and that's why I guess I really value STEM because as a minority often you don't have the same like opportunities or they're not as available to someone who has a potentially more privilege so by having that knowledge which oftentimes is easy to gain because now we have the internet right so we can look up whatever we want to learn and we can obtain that knowledge um it's so important because that knowledge is what will get you through in life in the workforce and just in your everyday life being able to say hey i know this and i can help you with this it's just i don't know it's just so empowering um and it just makes you really value um STEM in general because again you don't have those opportunities when you're older so trying to learn them at a young age is really important as well. Mm -hmm. Speaking of STEM opportunities do you think because of your background you have less or equal opportunities in terms of STEM resources and accessibility? I would say there are less opportunities um, because a lot of the times Latinos and, you know, um, Afro-Latinos, any minority group really often can struggle with economics, right? They, they have financial pressures that maybe with someone who has more privilege and has a stable job does not have. So by focusing your attention on trying to get a job or trying to maintain a family, you kind of deteriorate your attention from any other, you know, like, opportunities, any other curriculums that you might be learning. A lot of times students who are Latino, uh, instead of going to college, go into the workforce, again, to help their family. So when you consider that, I would say the opportunities can be limited, but they are there if you try to multitask and put your attention on that. Um, For example, for me, in my school, they don't offer many opportunities when it comes to STEM, so I had to go online and search for them myself. Um, I was involved in the science fair um, that took place in Tufts University, but the only reason that I was able to participate and place and go to the state fair was because I took it upon myself to find the opportunity when my school, my counselors didn't provide that for me. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of the marketing that goes along with some of those fairs are very um, 
bias towards males and as you said um, Caucasian males and I think that there's there's many programs out there um, that are um, beginning to accommodate for many different you know genders and races and I think those are awesome um, and you said you had less opportunities so what do you think are some ways that we can help minority groups such as Hispanic communities gain more access to some resources? Um, I guess, again, I'll split it up into two, what we could do um, as a country and what we could do individually. I think that as a country, again, accommodating the laws to kind of direct them and give people who are minorities more opportunities because there are programs that students can participate in, but often they cost a lot of money. And so how are students supposed to participate if they don't have that amount of money to begin with? So having those programs that are charge free can be a step. Um, individually, I would say try to educate others on the different financial um, and social circumstances that families go through and students go through um, because again trying to eliminate that stigma is one of the most important things um, and for myself I've actually been trying to start a group in my school um, an organization for women uh, where we as women can be empowered to look for those opportunities and make those opportunities more accessible through each other by networking and so that has been really important. And again, in mainstream media, you see all those idols, right? And, and having them potentially bring that awareness can be really important and inspiring to other people to do the same. Mm -hmm. I really think STEM resources shouldn't be exclusive. There is some um, programs here in Ontario, Canada, that cost upwards of $5,000 just so you can access either um, an innovation incubator or a program. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think they should cost $5,000. You know, even I don't want to pay $5,000 to participate in something like that. Um, so just like you, I took it on me to participate in a science fair in my community and for me that that was a really fulfilling experience but i don't think i would have to pay for that um, especially with lower income families um, so just limiting that divide and making sure that the government um, subsidizes funds for those kind of programs exactly and also what i've noticed especially now um, is that our generation can be really powerful and holding those leaders like i said accountable um, and pressurizing them to again you know because like when i i took a coding class code with classy this year and it really brought to my attention how many women don't have you know macbooks and aren't able to code because of the they don't have the materials that they need to do so and so again putting pressure on big industries to kind of bring a awareness and, and bring to the attention that this problem is real and is affecting a lot of people from getting the same opportunities that more privileged people are getting is really important and should be taken into account 
exactly even people don't have their own i think having a personal laptop is is an asset everyone should have in 2020 um to be able to get mm -hmm. work done to be able to work virtually um having wi-fi having those i think it's a very basic need right now in the job market to be able to access things like google docs like microsoft word like um, excel things like that so you can be able to learn um, programming languages and access those resources online. Um, so I definitely agree that we should, we, we do have the power to vote for people that we think would be able to um, prioritize education and prioritize learning and making sure that STEM resources are available for everyone. And it's not perfect right now and we should definitely um, work towards helping that. Exactly, yes. So being forward thinking, what are your future career goals? I know it's a really big question, but. Um, like I said, I'm really into chemistry. And so I plan obviously to go to a university and then go pre-med uh, because I do volunteer work at my local hospital. And I've noticed how much impact, even as a volunteer, you can have on someone's life because you're experiencing someone at their most vulnerable point and to be able to just even simply give them a cup of water and, and, or have a conversation with them and make their day is something that I truly value. And so in the future, I hope to be a cardiac surgeon. Um, but another big part uh, that I want to accomplish in the future is being um, involved in advocacy. Because like I said, there are so many issues that need to have light shone upon them and being able to help that happen would be so surreal and, and would really be filling um, as a person knowing that you're creating social impact and helping other people, um, like I said, have equal opportunities is truly valuable to me. Yeah, I, I also really like a lot of aspects of chemistry and I'm excited to learn a little bit more about it um, going into grade 12 or senior year. I know it's going to be a lot more comprehensive, um, mm -hmm. like organic chemistry and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely see you as a representative of minority groups in STEM and advocating for those kind of things. So I really hope that um, you're able to um, help change the education perspective on STEM and making sure that everyone has those resources, like like Code with Classy, which we can mention after the break. And um, along with that, we'll also talk about some of Kimberly's um, STEM involvements in her community and um, some of her struggles and how she overcame them. So I'm really excited to talk about it. So I'll see you guys after the break. Guess what? From the STEM Up now has a new website, which is fromthestemup.media. There you can find all the signup links. You can find the link to the Discord server where you'll be able to meet all the listeners and opportunities in STEM and advice in STEM will also be there as well. And obviously all the links to listen to the podcast. So make sure to check it out. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that little break. So now we're going to talk about your STEM involvements um, that you're a part of in your community, Kimberly. So I know you've mentioned like Science Fair and Code with Fossey. 
but do you want to highlight some of your favorites and what you've learned and gained from those experiences? Sure. Um, I think my biggest highlight when it comes to STEM was the research that I performed for my research project. Um, my research was involved with astronomy and physics, and I investigated how the direction of observation impacts the rate expansion of the universe. And to me, who has never taken an astronomy class, it was intimidating. Uh, but at the end of the day, I would not change anything about it because it was a whole new experience that I was able to learn about. And now, honestly, it amazes me how big the universe can be and to have people that are able to, you know, answer questions that we have thought to be unanswerable is so admiring. And like I said, at first it was intimidating, but when you go through the research project and when you have people that are there to support me, I had um, my physics teacher who helped me along the way. It was really empowering to be able to go to Tufts University and present it to a bunch of professors and judges who were able to score your work and to be able to place in a science fair when it has been your first science fair ever was really surreal and again, empowering. Um, and so again, with my research project, it continued to the state science fair at MIT, uh, but because of coronavirus, it was online. But I would definitely recommend it to anyone uh, who is considering it because it is fun and to be able to do all that work and present in front of people is really rewarding. Yeah, I really think that um, every high school student should, um, should take part in a research or a science fair project because I think it really helps you get knowledge for future university years. What was that program? Like, what is this program that helps you do research and present to universities? It's called MSEF. Um, if you go into their website, they should have a link. Um, and you can just register yourself um, and have an adult help you with it, uh, preferably a teacher who's able to help you along the way through the process. Um, and they made it super easy. Uh, they literally tell you where you're gonna present at a university um, and they sent you the schedule. So I would definitely look them up. All right, yes, and I'll link that down below. Um... You have you've mentioned when you signed up that you've been through a lot of difficult times, um, such as bullying and assault. What advice do you give to high school students who are currently living in, in similar situations or have experienced difficult scenarios in their lifetimes? I would say as a student, you often have the pressure uh, from your school to be the best student that you could possibly be. But a lot of the times our instructors, our educators don't understand, or even sometimes choose to ignore that students do have uh, some problems that they could be dealing with at home. And not every student's life is perfect. And so for anyone who may be struggling with bullying or sexual assault as I did, I would say to take some time, it could be a day or it could be two days or even a week and take an hour each day if you can 
to just focus on yourself and try to get yourself or try to be your priority uh, for that hour or however long you choose to because again you don't want to be stuck in that hole of academics without taking care of your mental health and specifically uh, if you're encountering sexual assault or bullying I would suggest to talk to someone I know it can be really 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 overplayed by now people have said talk to people all the time but it really is important because you can't go through stuff like that alone you have to be able to talk to someone because they're gonna take that weight off your shoulders at the end of the day and whenever you need someone to talk to there they will be there it doesn't necessarily have to be your family because I know that sometimes your family um can't be the most important at sometimes at the same time sorry um but I would say talk to a teacher or a friend or anyone you trust really um but yeah that would be my advice yeah I definitely agree I think communication even though it really seems hard at the time and if you tell your teachers hey I'm going through this right now or even your guidance counselor um I think it would really go a long way and they will understand because I think you deserve to have that time and that mental health break, even if it's not something huge, but maybe you're just going through a lot of stress at the time and asking your teacher, maybe, could I have an extension on this? Um, especially since we're going back to school um, and we're going back to school virtually. So it might be, you might feel alone or, that no one's going to be there for you, but they are. And just know that if you talk to someone, you will feel better. So don't keep it to yourself. Um, yeah, Kimberly listed a lot of um, resources and things you can contact as well. So I I really try to empathize with, with that too. I've also faced a lot of stress um, because of school and I'm trying to, you know, make sure that I take breaks for myself because I um, also have been through things like burnout and mm -hmm. that has also led me to almost give up on things that I really cared about. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that it doesn't matter if it takes you five days instead of the one day you were planning to do it. I'm <clears throat> sorry. And it really just, I think breaks are more important than the actual study time because the breaks really make you concentrated and productive. And yeah, so I'm definitely, for my senior year and for beyond, I know I'm gonna have a lot more work, um, especially since STEM fields um, really uh, like require a lot of work. Um, mm -hmm. So I think if you want to pursue a STEM field or a research position, um, make sure you do take the breaks. Uh, I just wanted to say like, there's a lot of, um, toxic culture regarding STEM and just academics in general. And I think it's important to know that what you're doing is enough and to not compare yourself to others. I know it can be hard um, because students around you might be achieving more or less than you are, but you have to also take into consideration, again, their different experiences. And, and if you are struggling with something and you're still managing to get some work done that is still okay if you're able to multitask and get everything done that is okay you just have to be, try to be 
better than you were last time. Compare yourself to yourself. Don't compare yourself to others because trust me, it can really affect you in the long run. I've also at many points um, suffered like imposter syndrome, which is something that happens when you don't feel you don't feel like you belong somewhere. And it's very more prevalent for minority groups and women in STEM fields that mm -hmm. you you feel like you need to work a lot more to be in the position and to be promoted in your job or to be regarded as the as equal to your male peers in a STEM community or a class. And I don't think that's something that we should do. I think we should feel confident in where we are and making sure that if you compare yourself to um, your male peers who are getting promoted before you do, instead of like wanting to quit, making sure that you go up to that boss and you're like, well, you know what? I work the exact same amount and I need to get promoted. And I'm taking this in a work scenario. I don't know why, but I feel like it's, it's also kind of trickles down to school as well. So yeah, that, um, another important uh, thing that I learned, especially with my camp was to be unapologetically driven. Uh, because again, when you're a woman um, and if you're a minority, it can feel like you are doing too much and you can often feel guilty. But at the same time, your drive should be something that you are proud of and it shouldn't be something that makes you feel guilty or makes you feel like it's something embarrassing or something not to be proud of. Because again, that drive is what's gonna make you go ahead in life. Um, and it's just something really powerful to have um, anywhere in school and work. I think those are very good mentalities to have, especially as women or female identifying individuals. Um, sometimes I've almost not signed up to things just because I thought that I was, I don't know, doing, like, as you said, doing too much. Um, but then I realized this was something I was passionate about. And just because someone may look at me thinking that I wouldn't do something like that, like a, like a hackathon, for example. I was like, mm -hmm. you know what? I'm gonna sign up for that hackathon because that's something that I wanna do and I'm passionate about and it doesn't take away from my womanhood. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I really like this conversation that we just had um, because it's something I'm still struggling with today. Even something like starting this podcast, like am I the right representative to host a kind of podcast like this, but I realized I am just like everyone I interview here. Um, everyone has something that I've experienced. Yeah. To be honest, I just want to say congratulations because what you are doing is amazing and you're giving people voices when it's really hard to be heard in our society, um, especially when we don't have a big platform and we're just <laughs> trying to get by as students. Uh, this is really amazing. Oh man, thanks. I think <laughs> even just being under 18, 18 and under, people don't regard you as someone who can do a lot. But as you've seen, Gen Z has really been stepping up in world issues and world events, especially in America with the BLM movement and, um, mm -hmm. and even with the upcoming elections, we are starting to take our place and and making exactly. sure that we are helping to change our perspectives and um, on on various world issues. So thank you for your 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 kind words and 
Um, do you do you have any more like upcoming projects you want to share or promote here that um, our listeners can be involved in? Um, yes. Yeah, so I'm like I said, I'm working on a organization for women, um, and I have I'm still planning out everything because with COVID, it's obviously much harder. But I will post it on my Instagram. So if any of you want to check that out, that would be on there. Um, and I'll try to be active as much as possible uh, with the organization and any upcoming events because I'm also doing, um, I'm also the president of my Red Cross Club at my school. So that should be fun this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I really think it's gonna be awesome. I'm just really curious though, um, how is, how is school with like the COVID restrictions in Massachusetts? In Massachusetts, uh, obviously it depends on your school, but for us, they sent out a survey whether we wanted to go online or in person, obviously with uh, some restrictions. Um, but we filled out that survey, but our school has yet to tell us anything, but I'm pretty sure we're gonna do online this year. And in my school, or at least for me, I'm gonna be taking Merrimack classes in my junior year and my senior year. So um, I don't think that should have too much effect on it, on how this year would go. All I'm thinking right now is that they'll probably do all classes on Zoom. We're starting September 17th, but our college classes are starting the 24th of August. Nice. So wait, so how does the college classes work? It's basically uh, like an IB program. So you're still in high school, you're still a junior, but you're taking two semesters worth of college classes that'll get you college credit. So for example, I'm gonna be taking biology my first semester, and then my second semester, I'll be taking po politics um, with Merrimack. So the Merrimack professors will be teaching us and they'll grade us as college students. Um, and I would be doing that my junior year and my senior year, while also managing my AP classes and all my other regular work from high school and my school. Wow, that seems awesome that you're already taking the step forward to get a college credit, which is amazing. Um, Thank what you. Is your, like, what is your dream school? Like, where, like, which colleges are you planning to attend? I know you're going to grade 11, right? I'm going to grade um, 11, yes. And with the universities, uh, like I said, I want to go pre-med, hopefully. Obviously, as um, students, oftentimes we tend to want to go pre-med, but it's still to be determined. Uh, but for right now, I'm really interested to go pre-med. And the universities that I would like to attend, I think would be Tufts University, um, Harvard University, Yale, um, or Boston University, obviously. And I would suggest anyone who's applying to college to kind of, you know, try to get colleges that are within your reach and colleges that you really want to get to. Um, have a whole range of colleges ready because with the college admissions, you really never know. Exactly. And making sure that the your program at the colleges you want are good and that you're not just like, 
going for the names, but you're going for the network and you're going for the experience and the campus, you know? Exactly. So. And another university that I really like um, would be John Hopkins, obviously because their pre-med program is really good. Uh, so if you're going pre-med, I would suggest looking into that university as well. Nice. And um, I, I know a lot of my Canadian peers also like to apply to the U.S. So mm -hmm. I really like to see that perspective from U.S. residents. Um, so it's just amazing. I like I'm, I just have like a really weird curiosity for like different school systems around the world because uh -huh. they're all just so different. Um, yeah, same here. I don't know any like I don't know how it's like in Canada. So uh, if you want, you can talk about it for a little bit. Yeah, so it's really different because I because the YouTubers I watch are primarily American, right? And they yes. have to write the, the common apps or essays. Um, but mm -hmm. here we take our top six um, university course average and that will mm -hmm. go to this school. And then we might add an, an, an additional like extracurricular form mm -hmm. and then maybe a short paragraph on like, why do you want to attend this college? But oh, that really seems so write. much easier. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. But I think the schools in the U.S. are a lot more prestigious, a lot of them. Yeah, so I think there is that sort of balance there. And then we don't have an SAT, which is a little bit weird. I think that might be something that Americans are confused about. And I don't really know how universities standardize our marks, but they have like a adjustment factor based on like how easy or hard your school is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just, that, yeah. That's something that uh, they do here as well. Uh, because like I said, like some schools don't have uh, the amount of resources that others may have within the United States and even in Canada. So that's something that they take into account is how much opportunities do your schools give and uh, what classes have you been taking? Are you taking hard classes? Are you taking easy classes? What are your extracurriculars like? Um, stuff like that um, is what goes into the college admissions process. Exactly. Um, and I really hope you have a wonderful grade 11 year. I enjoyed mine, um, at least for the first half. The second half was still really fun. For virtual schooling, I know we're going to miss like school dances and events, but those will come back at like I hope in college and university and that those dances and events are not the whole high school experience, even though they, they, they are an added bonus. Hope virtual schooling goes well for us and for our listeners. And uh, thank you so much, Kimberly. I will have all your socials linked down below and make sure to check out her LinkedIn, which is just her name. And then her Instagram, which is Kimberly Z Castaneda and then Facebook, which is also her name. And then I will also link also um, code for code, code with Glossy, the website. So you guys can check it out for next summer. Um, then the MSEF research opportunity she mentioned. Um, and then once you kind of ideate your or, uh, organization for women, I will also repost it on the From the Sum Up podcast okay. story. Thank you. Yeah, so just let me know um, when when that's up. Maybe that's this year or later in the year. So then yes, we can I'll definitely update you for sure. 
yeah, that's awesome. I love how you're just promoting women. It makes me so happy. And then, um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, uh, I'll see you guys next week. And remember to always ask questions and to stay curious. See you next time. Bye.